As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television Each and every episode, I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Paper Girls Season 1. Damask Leary, Mm. how are you doing over there in Perth? Pretty good, pretty good. I just got a bunch of new minis that I've been gluing together. Um, As I I said to you as soon as we started this call, um, you didn't seem that interested, but maybe someone who's a listener (laughs) Explain, Explain what you're planning to do with them again. Just tell the listeners exactly um, what your project here is. Yeah, I don't play like Warcraft or anything, but I. Warhammer? I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, I don't play either of those <laughs> things, one of which is real. Um, I just Warcraft wanna- is a video game. That's fine. Thank you. Um, I just want to make a giant army of like evil dudes and a giant army of noble dudes and ladies. I should include that, sorry. Um, and whoever. Um, and I just want a giant scene of like fantasy creatures, beings fighting one another. Um, so I'm going to build both of that. And then when I'm finished with that, then I'm going to do a sci-fi battle as well. It's yeah, my I, ultimate plan. And then you plan to do what with these? Oh, it's a great, it's a great <laughs> question. Donate <laughs> Look, them to a museum or something? I don't have or? anywhere to put them um, <laughs> at all. They're currently filling up my spare room. But, you know, I'll figure that out when I get there. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You should travel into the future to see your future self and see if you actually did that or not. That'd be exactly. Interesting. <laughs> I know me. I didn't, but it's, <laughs> it's nice to dream. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our spoiler free review of Paper Girls Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Paper Girls is an American science fiction drama television series created by Stephanie Folsom, best known as screenwriter of Toy Story 4 and for contributing to the story of Thor Ragnarok and The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. The show is based on the 2015 to 2019 comic book series of the same name written by Brian K. Vaughan, aka Runaways, Runaways and Why the Last Man Rider, and illustrated by Cliff Chung, and follows four young girls who, while out delivering papers during the early 
hours of November 1st, 1988, become unwittingly caught in a conflict between warring factions of time travellers. The series premiered on Amazon Prime Video on July 29th, 2022, and stars a quartet of talented young women, including Riley Lai-Nalette, Cameron Jones, Sophia Rosinski, and Fina Strazar, alongside Adina Porter, Ali Wong, Nate Cordy, Sakai Abeni, and the one and only Jason Manzukis. Paper Girls Season 1 consists of eight episodes, each coming in at around 44 minutes and took us approximately five hours and 55 minutes to watch. In September of 2022, the series was cancelled after just one season. So, to Mask Leary, before we get to our spoiler-free review, I just wanted to ask, what's your familiarity with Paper Girls? Did you read the comic books? Uh, and, of course, to Brian K. Vaughan, uh, the writer of said comic book. Um, zero. Across the board, it's a big, fat zero. I had no idea about what Paper Girls was. Um, was the Runaways that they, – did they turn that into a really bad TV show? I mean, ask if it was a, if it was a Brian K. Vaughan show. Chances are, yes, is the answer to that question. And did it have James Masters, or is that another one? James Masters. I don't know if I got that far into it to find out. He might have, but yes, he was. James Masters was in it. Yeah, I think I watched one episode. I was like, this is truly terrible. And I had three there. seasons actually. That's did it? Me. Yeah, I, I got to the season. And two, this was cancelled after one. <laughs> The world is not right, people. The world is not right. Um, yeah, no, I have. Uh, oh, we watched Why Last Man. We did. So I've, watch I've Why watched Last his Man. stuff. I haven't read any of his stuff. You, you may have also seen some other stuff that he's done as well because he, I think he was showrunner on The Dome, which got a couple of seasons as well. And Didn't watch that. From memory, he might have written a couple of episodes of Lost including The Constant, which is considered one of the best ones. I'm 95% sure that's correct. I didn't get that wrong. Okay. Um, I'm a a fan of Brian K. Vaughan. I've read uh, his Runaways run. He created the Runaways, basically, and um, the first three, like... Uh, graphic novels worth of The Runaways. Um, mm-hmm. Loved, loved, loved that. The show, I lasted two episodes and got out of, which is a real tragedy because my brother Liam and I have always said that would make a great TV show and mm. apparently we were wrong. Then I read <laughs> Why the Last Man, one of my favourite comic book series of all, of all time. Loved that. Then they turned that into a TV show. It lasted one season and we were also wrong. That wasn't a great TV show either. It wasn't terrible. I no, would have liked to have seen more. There were, yeah, I think it had potential. But Brian K. Vaughan just does not seem to have any luck when it comes from turning his excellent comic book series into television series, unfortunately. With that in mind, I want to start by reading an email from a listener of the show, Shari, who actually asked us and suggested that we do review Paper Mm. Girls um, uh, because she enjoyed it and also because it had been cancelled after one season, I think, Mm -hmm. and wanted people talking about it. It's fair to say this show sort of flew under the radar for a lot of people. Mm. Amazon didn't quite pump the marketing budget into this as they did uh, Rings of Power. Anyway, Shari's <laughs> email, uh, when I, I replied to her email asking her, you know, what she thought of the show, what she'd like um, us to, to talk about or what, her, what sort of drew her to it, this was her response. The main reason I loved the show was the girls' relationships. The young cast was unknown to me, but they were all very good. I found the time travel aspect most interesting in the way it introduced the girls to spoiler. 
We'll talk about that when we get to spoilers. But the mechanics of it were sometimes confusing, so I just tried not to overthink it too much. Effects weren't great either, and the pink could be too much, especially in the last episode, which I also thought was the weakest, unfortunately. Too many things done to get them where they needed to be to continue the story. And the spoiler, also something we'll talk about in spoilers, but again... It wasn't what drew me to the show in the first place. <laughs> Give me those girl, those girl friendship dynamics, end mm. quote. With that in, in my language. Absolutely. It was one of the reasons I thought we should come back around to this, and I found that you mm. already watched the show, um, because we do love those female friendships on hunting seasons. So with that in mind, and with Shari's email in mind, Damas, thank you for that, Shari. Appreciate that. If anyone else would like to give us their thoughts on TV shows we're reviewing, please email us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com. Damask, can you please give us your spoiler-free review of Paper Girls Season 1. I can. All right. So I started watching this series without any context at all. While listening to an episode of How Did This Get Made, Jason Manzuka said people should watch it. So I did. I didn't even know he was in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> suddenly makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I like Miss Manzukas and the title sounded cool. I wondered if it was like Bomb Girls, the absolutely solid but sadly too soon cancelled Canadian show about women entering the workforce during World War II. Turns out it's nothing like Bomb Girls other than being cancelled too soon. (laughs) R.I.P. If you watch the trailer, you'll get a general vibe for what the show is. It's a sci-fi about a group of teen girls trying to figure out time travel. Except it's actually not that at all. I mean... It is, but that's not the best or most interesting part of Paper Girls. Within the fun premise is a really solid story of preteen girls figuring out themselves, their families, what being an adult could look like, and all of the compromises you have to figure out along the way. The main four actors are all very good, and each character is distinctive. The writing feels genuine to the silliness and self-righteous dramatics of 12-year-olds, While experiencing pretty dire circumstances, the show is grounded by a natural sense of humour that feels true to character. As an adult, you can't help but have constant flashes of your own 12-year-old self appearing in your lounge room and being shocked at how lame you are now. Although I think 12-year-old me would be pretty chuffed at how often I eat Maccas for dinner. Do you reckon they'd like your uh, nature collection as well? Um, it's hard to say because they might be like, oh, well, that's really cool. They might be like, what are you doing with our life? (laughs) I'm not really sure. Um, (laughs) yes and no, I think. This story clearly has much further to go, but as we know, it was cancelled. Uh, there's plenty of plot to explore. But what I'm most heartbroken about is that these characters had taken such great steps towards growth. I would have loved a three to five season run. The young women they could have become. Oh, and the friendship they could have cultivated. Good Lord, it's so sad. Such a shame that Amazon couldn't have put aside a little bit of coin, maybe out of the half a billion budget they gave to Rings of Power. You know, what do they say about putting all your eggs in one franchise? Oh, yeah, don't do it. I mean, I'll be honest, I've been enjoying Rings of Power, but, like, that's so much money on one show. And you're cancelling something like Paper Girls with so much potential after one season and it being available to the public for, what, a month and a half? It's gone? That's it? Goodbye? Oh, such little foresight. Anyway. I guess I'll just have to go buy the comics instead. I have noticed that you can buy them in one beautiful collection now, so I recommend 
everyone to go out and buy that. I'm certainly going to do that. Um, and yes, it has been cancelled after one season, but please watch that one season. I think it's really good and had it had such wonderful potential. And I think the people who made it um, should get some props for that by putting your eyeballs on it. RIP Paper Girls, you had only just begun. Very nice. Uh, my review is very similar to yours and even mm. probably more similar to Shari's, really. Uh, I agree with a lot of what yeah, she everything had to Shari say. was saying. I was like, yep, yep, yep. Makes yep. perfect sense. Mm-hmm. The strength of the show is undoubtedly the personal stories, stories of these girls, mm-hmm. their relationships to each other and to themselves, uh, the character work, the interpersonal and intrapersonal relationships. Yeah, are definitely the strongest part. And and that's helped by great writing, great stories, honestly. I think the mm. the angles they take on these four girls are really, really interesting, all of them in their own different way. Maybe some I was a little bit more invested than others, but that's natural yeah. for any show. You're not yeah. going to be as equally invested in all of them the same way. Maybe season two would have taken us into the other characters, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows? Perhaps, perhaps. Um, and there was also great performances, I think, mm. from these actresses as well, which yep. I really liked. And they are 12 years old, and they don't necessarily convincingly look like 12-year-olds, but they... I think they do for American television. <laughs> for American television, they're probably more... Yeah, listen, yeah. They're, they're, they're under 20, uh, yeah. or even under 30, <laughs> which is, you know, yeah. in the which, Considering the least. TV we watched when we were growing up, um, yeah, that's that first episode of Dawson's Creek when they're playing 15-year-olds... Hilarious. How old is Eleven meant to be in the most recent season of uh, Stranger Things? Apparently, she's only meant to be like 13 or something ridiculous. If, if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, and I think the concept of this show is generally pretty cool as well. Mm. Uh, time travel has a lot of potential, especially in telling stories about growing up or who we were as teenagers versus who we may become as adults. Uh, it, and it also, the general setting... And like idea, the premise, the setup borrows a lot from Terminator in a few, more than a few ways, which Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that either. Sadly, the bit that lets the show down, and Shari in particular did allude to this, is that the bigger, broader story and the execution of it is mm. doesn't quite come together the same way that the the core, the 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 emotional core of the Mm -hmm. show does. Um, Firstly, Amazon. Throw some coin at season two, but throw a little more coin at season one so the visuals are a little bit better because yeah. it's it's a little bit clunky. The score I didn't think was particularly great either. It was kind of, when I noticed it, it was because it was grating on me. It kind of was just seemed to be feeling dead air. It didn't really elevate the show in any way. On a writing level, not in the dialogue necessarily, but there is an awkwardness in the mechanics of the world this show takes place in. Uh, it can oftentimes be a bit silly. It can oftentimes be very convenient. Um, (laughs) And ultimately, the vibe of it, again, when it wasn't the interpersonal stories, kind of reminded me of like a teen sci-fi series from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like the show- Spellbinder? I I was thinking more like Animorphs. (laughs) Okay, Um, because I fucking love Spellbinder. And like, I listen, I loved Animorphs. But Mm. this is going for a more mature audience than that. Even though it is about 12-year-olds, it is- there is our adult themes um, a lot of the time through it, I yes, think. Yes, language. They use the Language F-bomb. in particular. Mm. Um, and so it was weird to see, like, my Animorphs, sort of, swearing and stuff. It's like, I don't know who your audience <laughs> is anymore. Um, maybe it was trying to, like, 
get me on nostalgia as someone who was born in 88? Was I meant to feel like this was from my childhood? I'm not sure. I don't anyway, I think so. Uh, I think they just assume kids are saying the F word a lot more than they Maybe are. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe they, mm. You know, in fact, they probably almost definitely are. Mm. Uh, at least more than we ever saw on TV. Maybe it's just more realistic. Uh, the, the bottom line is I'm invested in these characters and I definitely would have liked to have seen more. I would have liked to have seen where these stories went. But I also didn't really love the experience of watching the show around those stories. And mm. so I'm less than confident with how they may have handled even where like the season ended and where they were going. I, I, I wasn't so like, oh, I'm so sad I missed out on that. I was a little bit like... Ah, were they going to do that justice or not? I'm not 100% sure. Mm. But since the show isn't coming back, I guess the only option is to read the comics, which may really be the best way to experience this story. I think some, mm. a lot of the things I'm talking about, which didn't feel like they worked on this TV show, probably worked great inside a comic book, where mm-hmm. you're not having to worry about uh, special effects and stuff like that. Yeah. It's... You just draw what you want. Have a great artist doing the mm. doing the artwork. And Play your own score on Spotify. Yeah, sure, exactly right. Uh, so I do wonder. Well, if anything, it's like, well, I'm sad the show's not coming back. At least it's great to know the stories out there, and you can still mm-hmm. access it. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm more than ever, and I've always been, like I said, I'm a Brian K. Vaughan fan. It's weird that I haven't read this already, um, but I'm almost definitely going to now. Mm-hmm. Final score, Damask. How would you score this season one and only season of Paper Girls mm. out of five stars? I'm going to give it 3.5. I really enjoyed it. I'm also going to give it a 3.5. And it kind of splits the middle of where I think this show is. It is excellent, almost masterful at times with some of its um, the interpersonal relationships with mm. the core cast and mm-hmm. their stories. It is decent, sometimes inferior when it comes to the extra stuff around it, which takes up the bulk, the the the, the mechanics of the storyline. So you split it down the middle mm-hmm. and you end up with a 3.5 in my ranking system. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Before we jump into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars or a glowing review our way. And to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 
won already. We'd also love you to share hunting seasons with anyone in your life that obsessively wants to talk to you about television. They'll thank you for it. Next episode, we back with our review of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power Season 1. I gotta tell you, I'm I think you have re- to say it like, The Rings of Power, just with the name. <laughs> the Rings of Power. <laughs> power. <laughs> have you heard of him, lad? Have you heard of Sauron? <laughs> Sauron? Sauron. Maybe we should do uh, the entire podcast in accents. I really would love that. <laughs> Can we do like the the Irish Irish halfwits? What are they? Are they? What are they called? Halfwits. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah. Done. I just want to proto hobbits. I just keep looking at their little like walnuts and acorns in their hair, and I love it. Anyway. Uh, if you'd like to contribute to our discussion <laughs> of the Rings of Power, or if you have any thoughts on Paper Girls, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Paper Girls Season 1. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. So I should explain what madness was going on there in the ad break. That... Power thing is a direct reference to uh, the patron saint of TV podcasting herself, Joanne Joanna Robinson, mm-hmm. who was doing a podcast uh, with The Ringer with another lady, Mallory... I forgot her last name. Anyway, Joanna and Mallory have been that doing... That was clear. You didn't have to say that you forgot her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I yes, I was. there was a podcast I was listening to alongside watching Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, mm-hmm. which was great um, and got me... I was up to date. I was I was mm. not surprised by the twist in that show. We'll put it that way because they were on top of it pretty early. Anyway, we're talking mm. about Paper Girls season one. Yes. Um, I do want to talk just quickly about to get it out of the way some of my negative things. Yeah. Um, starting with we are losing it. Starting <laughs> with sort of my thoughts on the like the, the convenience and the clunkiness, and mm-hmm. probably the best example of that for me was I can't remember which episode it was the start of. I think it was episode five, maybe when they ended up back. They ended up in 1999, right? So they've come mm-hmm. back from 2019, and now they're in 1999. There was that like really awkward robot fight, mm-hmm. which then there was a bit where they like got away from the robot when it was trying to track them down because a rat like ran by, which was able to distract. Oh, yeah. It's like for long mm, enough. That robot's programming doesn't seem very efficient. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then when that robot got dealt with because the other robot blew up that had older Aaron in it, then the soldiers arrived and they're like looking for the for people, mm-hmm. but they didn't go into the trailers. The girls' little heads were poking out <laughs> over the glass of. Yeah. Like how shit are these fucking soldiers? Um. Then Jason Man- Jason Manzuka showed up. I gotta be honest with you, I did not like his performance in this show one bit. I did not like it. And I realize that I don't always like Jason Manzuka because I didn't love him as Derek in The Good Place. I really like how this got made. I really liked him actually in Invincible. A show that frustrated me a I little bit. I thought you didn't like him in Invincible. I think he was fine Invincible. I didn't think I had I problems with you- Invincible. Didn't like his voice. Oh, did I not like his voice? Maybe I don't like Jason (laughs) Van Zoukas as an actor. Maybe I just like him when he does like bit parts on um, Parks and Rec and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, in response to this, if I may. You're wrong. um, So, I did like him in Invincible. 
I really enjoyed him as Derek. I found him very humorous. I also did not like his character in this show. Sure. It was um, hokey. It was um, didn't gel with um, the people that he came from. And maybe there's a great explanation as to why that is that we might get in season three that will never exist. I don't know. But it... It was too much of a thing that he was doing. You know, he was do- he was doing his Jason Manzoukas thing, which I generally really enjoy. Sure. In this place and time, it uh, didn't work for me either. So I, it, I agree with you. It felt particularly manufactured. And even the way he was like, he was performing his lines were very like manicured and and like it was it was like he was reading it off a page and again that might be a character choice because this guy is meant to be eccentric and like he's wearing shorts and these band t-shirts and stuff like that and he's got Jason Manzoukas's grody beard but it like it just didn't work as a character it just pulled me out and made me go this doesn't this feels yeah wrong. i mean it's a particular moment i think just after post the robot battle mm. um where he's like Ah fuck! I'm 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 standing in the guy or whatever. Like he yeah. steps in the go, and I was like, clearly Jason Manzoukas is being typecast um, to do his Jason Manzoukas yeah. thing, which can work. But here for me, it is not working. I agree. It yeah. did not work for me either. Also, the walkie-talkie thing is dumb. Like the idea that the walkie-talkies somehow connect back to themselves in different time. Like was uh, maybe it was only because the like the timey wimey thing was happening at the same time, but like the idea that somehow signals that the idea that the signals of these walkie talkies could like connect with their pair across time. Although now I think about it, maybe it was only because the timey wimey thing was happening and stuff was going. I think it it was timey wimey specific to the girls because the woman who was part of that. Um, rebellion crew or whatever was surprised that it was happening as well. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, Yeah, didn't didn't didn't. But it did make me did make me laugh that she that woman was like, oh yeah, we use walkie talkies because they can't like trace or track like analog signals. I'm like, with all of their technology, they haven't figured that out. I mean, okay, sure, all right. But I was like, hmm, (laughs) that's very convenient. That's that's mostly the bad stuff out of the way. It, it really, yeah. it's it's not the concept. It's just kind of a bit naff the way it was executed yeah. on screen. I and do think it might have yeah. worked really well in a comic book, but it yeah. it just didn't work for me. And it's that stuff that makes me go: if I'm like a teenager watching it, I wouldn't care. Like that stuff wouldn't bother mm. me. As an adult, it does though. Um, yeah, because you know, animals was fucking shit. And yet we watched the hell out of that like it, yeah, it was that yeah. kind of that part of the world building didn't really work for me yeah. um when we get so little of it i also hated the design of it um yeah. the design was real hokey looked super cheap um yeah. looked like you know an Australian television production from the early 2000s, if or, not the or 90s. All those Canadian shows you're or, talking about and like, yeah. Or the times that very often Australia and Canada would make a sh- kids TV show together. Like the Saddle um, Club. I don't know why, but they Jeannie did. Down Under, all that <laughs> was stuff. Jay, it, was, Jay, what, was, that, was that with Canada? Yeah. I thought it must have been the UK because Penny was British. Oh, there you go. There you oh, go. no, you're right. You're right. I thought... I, 
remembered incorrectly that she was Canadian. And part of the Commonwealth, anyway. Two Commonwealth nations had to get together and make a TV show. Yeah, there were a bunch of them, though. We were just like teamed up with Canada. I don't know what was going on. We have but a it similar was... sense of humour. We're we're both we're like the, the 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 colonies of the British colonies. We're like the two standouts, I think. Mm. So they get I feel paid like New Zealand and Canada have more in common, just in terms of like being good-natured people. But anyway, because does that not vibe with you? Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Um, I feel like Australians are more the sea word, that way because- and <laughs> New Zealand are our, New Zealanders are our like lovely cousins. I mean, I would, there's a lot about New Zealand I would like Australia to copy and. Yeah. Implement and we should all just move there. There's not enough. And there. I don't think they would say the same about us. Maybe not. Is, and yet they come here for jobs. So, you know, what are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's where the work is. Okay. Are you we coming are... for New Zealand now? No, right, this is a very not. niche for our like international listeners. They're like, what are they talking about? Anyway, okay. Um, let's talk about the girls. Let's talk about the girls. I love the girls. Yes, please. Um, let's start with Erin. It's sort of she's sort of set up as being like a protagonist in the mm-hmm. first episode mm-hmm. a little bit. She's the one who gets to meet the spoiler thing that I didn't want to mention specifically uh, mm. the, from the email um, from Shari. She meets the older version of herself when they get um, transported into 2019. Yep. Um, what did you make of Erin and sort of her storyline this season? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit hard, particularly at the beginning, to grasp Erin because she is a very quiet girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she meets old Erin, as they call her, played by Ali Wong, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> she's obviously very disappointed in <laughs> how her life has turned out. And this is one thing that they not only do with Erin, but they also do with Tiffany later, is this um, seeing your future self from the childlike black and white perspective is really interesting because you fully understand it. You're like, well, I wanted to achieve this and do this and see this and blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, And then the adult version of Erin is like, well, that wasn't possible for me because I'm who I am and also you're that person too. You just don't know it yet, which I, I I quite loved. I think we lose Erin a little bit because some of the other stories um, for me are more engaging. I agree. Um, but I was interested to get to know her in the future. Yes, I, I agree with that. I and think, not the future in the show, I mean like in future seasons. Sure. I think the, um, the it's a strong start with Erin. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, yeah, I, I suppose I was expecting we were going to see the um, older versions of the other girls and we, we did get there eventually. But the, or oh, two others of them. Um, but the the arguments between young Aaron and old Aaron were really well handled, I think, just in that, mm. yes, that disappointment about what we became. And I guess there's the argument of, like, who you are as a person. And, like, mm. you think you're this now, but that's not true and this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, this is actually who we are and this is what we're dealing with and this is all the things that went wrong along the way. That was very, very intriguing. And the way – and this is where I'm, like, on a writing level, some of the stuff with the um, – the underground or the the old watch or whatever it's called let me down. It was mm. this sort of interpersonal and intrapersonal dynamics that really worked so often. Um, and like lines like "happy" is a loaded word when you're my age, kid, and like the idea of 
what is happiness really? It's something mm-hmm. you told, you know, you want to have a happy life when you're a kid, but when you're an adult, it's like, well, happiness is a complicated concept and it's not necessarily as simple as you're just yeah. happy, you have a happy life. Yeah, as, um, as a kid, you think life's going to be like achievement unlocked, achievement unlocked, achievement unlocked. And yeah. it's like, yes, you can unlock achievements, but then it doesn't actually have the same kind of weight or feeling that you think it will um, when you actually get there. Yeah, I mean, I I loved all of that stuff. I particularly liked um I thought Ali Wong was really good. I mm-hmm. never really seen her in anything other than her stand-up specials, which I yep. very much enjoyed. Um so it was nice to see her in this role. Um I think those two actors played off each other really really well, which was quite lovely to see. Um yeah, I guess I just wanted I mean, it's hard because I want <laughs> more from young Erin, but she's not there yet. And so you can't force a character to be at that level of growth in season one. Like, it's just not fair to ask that. But we still... Okay, there was one moment that I... Not a moment, but the a certain way that she grew that was very interesting to me was that obviously we see that as a young child or as a, yeah, a young person, she prides herself on being someone who looks after other people, um, which is, you know, not a bad thing, obviously. However, that becomes almost like pathological throughout her life. So the point that when she gets to be an adult, that is her personality is that she prides herself in her ability to look after people and sacrifices much of her life to do that because it makes her feel good about herself then she takes it out on other people. She, she's also convinced herself that if she's not around, people are struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That uh, that they're only yes. they're only getting by. I think one of the most revealing scenes was back in when they went to 1999, mm. and um, Aaron goes to her house and sees her mum hanging out with her sister. Yeah, and like they're great. They're fine, yeah. They're fine. And she's talking about, to, I can't remember if she's a Mac or someone at the time, but she's like, no, you don't understand. She's struggling, really. And it's like, nah, see, you've convinced yourself that, this, yep. that, that, that she needs as much care as you're mm. giving and that only you can give it and that because other people aren't or can't, that they're somehow letting her, your mum down or whatever. Um, that mm. was a very, very telling moment. Yeah, I, thought that I was think really even, well-headed. like, Max had, says to her that, um, you know, it's hard to see people, like, if when you're not there, life continues. Like mm. you don't have to always be there um, in order for those people to continue existing. They have their own <laughs> lives and their own relationships. You don't always need to feel like you have to control every situation in order for everyone to be okay. Um, I thought that was really interesting. But I, it's a really um, good perspective, I guess, to see. Is like obviously she's um, – first gen, um, her mum doesn't speak Mm. English or very Mm -hmm. limited English, Um, and so her mum is isolated and in her eyes almost helpless, Um, and that puts, like, a huge amount of pressure on a child, particularly, like, the eldest sibling, Um, and that's manifested in really interesting ways, Um, not only in her childhood, but we obviously see as an adult. Um, just when you were talking about that whole thing, it's like it's hard to see people's lives continuing on around. I was just, I don't know why my brain was like, 
Wouldn't it be interesting if Erin just never developed object permanence and she forgot that things existed when they weren't, she wasn't around? Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other thing I liked about her storyline, although I didn't love the moment that Erin, adult Erin, like sacrifices herself for the girls, mm. that then flow and effect where Erin is already struggling with this disappointed life she ends up with is now knowing that her life has this definitive end point mm. and feeling like she's just stuck with this like trajectory in her life. Though I will say it's a little weird they kept thinking that when they've watched Larry die twice. It's like, that can't happen, guys. One of these futures doesn't actually happen, which means that all futures can't happen and you can change your future. A lot of how she feels about that, though, is before she sees- Before that, too. too. Harry dies the second time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it's only kind of um, later that they realise- I'm not saying- I'm not saying that she was wrong to feel that way. Right, it's right, just right. then this stuff starts happening. And at yeah. least at this point, when mm. and it wasn't the show didn't end long afterwards, I started connecting the dots like, so the future fucking isn't written. It's like yeah. these are possible futures you're going to and they can be written and things can be changed. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's which was which was in which was weird because the bit with the walkie-talkie suggested that they were in a bootstrap bootstrap paradox that could not be altered because they had already experienced that version of the future selves talking Mm. to themselves in the past. It's like, like, now I'm confused. Well, and they were as well. I think um, older Tiffany was kind of saying like, okay, so it's, yeah, not a bootstrap paradox. Obviously, I have no memory of these things. Um, That's not what we're experiencing. And then when the walkie-talkie things, there's a real moment of like, wait, what is happening? Like, it Mm. clearly has something to do with specifically them. Um, That moment, I guess those walkie-talkies, perhaps, who knows? I guess I'm going to have to read the comics to figure it all out, which is fascinating because, you know, you either get one or the other quite often with... um, time traveling story so i'm i'm fascinated to see what the reasoning is um why them why then why them with an m why them why then with an n jeez louise who knows what i'm saying at this point that's um, also assuming it's even the same like yes. we don't know how much has been changed from mm-hmm. the comic book to the yeah true i imagine that the main story threads are all the same but it's not necessarily true that all the mechanics are um, yeah, so yeah, it could true. be that that this stuff doesn't all play out quite this mm. way either. So, but equally, I'm interested in going back and um, mm-hmm. reading the comics now. Um, I now want to move on. Now that we're talking about knowing when you die, mm-hmm. um, my personal favorite character Great. in the show and favorite storyline, mm-hmm. Mac. Uh, He's so sad. Just but early amazing. on, I thought mm-hmm. Mac. There was something magnetic about Mac and the actress mm-hmm. playing Mac. Yeah. I think she was really doing a lot with the material to both seem believable and be extremely watchable on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing... Termin- I don't think Terminator 2 was out yet in 1988, but I'm guessing James Cameron based a lot of John Connor on Mac because they certainly have a similar look going on. They really um, do, to- yeah. Really do. Down to I the motorbike. I why she looks so familiar. And that was absolutely it. absolutely fucking it. John Connor. The haircut. She looks exactly the same. It's the same. It's the same. <gasps> Are they related? <laughs> wow. I could not get out of my head. And, it was- yeah. and the show is already about like, People from the future ch- coming back to try and change the past while other rebels from the future try and stop them 
Do you know yeah, what I mean? True, true, true. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they're doing a Terminator thing, mm-hmm. and then you've got this John Connor-looking motherfucker as well. Oh my god! Riding yeah. on a motorbike, like mm-hmm. okay, guys, we get it. It's yeah. the Terminator. Um, <laughs> Didn't even and, get that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, she was she was already the most interesting character, and then finding out that she died at sixteen. Was so heartbreaking. And Mm -hmm. the sequences with her and her older brother Dylan, so wonderful. So, like, like my favorite, favorite, favorite moments were, yeah, Mac and her her brother. Yes. Um, Apart from sitting on fireworks during the day, which is a waste of time, but go on. (laughs) I think just blowing stuff up is is fun for young people. Um, But. Yeah, I one thing that I thought was masterful about mm-hmm. the show was mm-hmm. I don't know how they did it. I think it's casting, writing, direction, whatever it is. But they have this grown man and this teenage girl and it is totally believable that they are siblings. It- and and the complication of then like cuz you know as you watch it you don't know where it's going to go all this stuff um but then them kind of being like, well, you're going to have to be kind of my daughter now mm. um, was interesting and how I was fascinated by like what that would look like and what that would feel like. Um, but, yeah, just in terms of the performances of those two together was I agree. really, really wonderful. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved that. Um, another aspect I loved was that um, – Obviously, he's grown up and changed, and they had a really, really rough childhood, and he participated in some behavior that made her childhood harder. Um, and having him kind of like acknowledge that as an adult and seeing kind of her behavior from like an adult's perspective, it's all well and good to like look back on your own past and be like, oh, well, I had it, I had it rough, and I probably behaved pretty badly. But to see kind of a mirror of probably how you behaved and the things you said and the things you did being like, Oh my, yeah, it was really messed up. Um, the things that we thought, the things that we were taught, the way that we behaved and how we treated each other was really bad. And I, I want to help fix that and experience that disconnect, but also have it come from such a loving place. I loved that whole thing. I thought it was amazing. I a hundred percent agree. Um, mm. I I thought all of that stuff was terrific. Uh, I was happy they didn't stick too long on the whole like you can't be real, this can't be real, this must be a hoax yes. thing. It was the right amount, it mm-hmm. was the fair amount. But then started to think, well, wait a second, what if this is real? And let's just mm-hmm. you know let's find out for ourselves and interrogate it properly. And then and then you know the tragedy of her life, but then the tragedy of him experiencing that life and then how mm. that's affected mm. his future, then getting the opportunity to spend time with her again and and the way that he believably was still the same person but an adult version of them but was able to sort of somehow tap into the younger version of himself and it didn't feel creepy or weird or hokey, which I think it could it's if so not played right. Have. And it was played so, so yeah. well. Yeah. And even one of my favourite moments as tragic as it was, was like when they went out, they're out for dinner at, mm-hmm. right before she gets taken away by KJ. Mm-hmm. And um, he's she's had an argument with his daughter. And like, mm-hmm. 
he she gets off from the table and you know he goes over to find out what's going on and she's being a bit bratty about it and whatever and he like I was like, oh, okay, she's going to leave and, like, be done with him. She was over him at this point. But no, mm-hmm. he talked yeah. her around again and she was like, okay, yeah, this is tough, yeah. but we're, we, this, is, this, is my, this is the way things are now. This is actually kind of cool. Yeah. And then she had to fucking run. And it, that no, that bit was really sad. Where she was, like, hugging KJ on the back <laughs> of the bike. <laughs> and crying. Was heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking. Oh my gosh! And it was yeah. just like one shot that they let linger, I think. Or if mm-hmm. it was, if it was more than one shot. It was there were these long shots. They just sort of let linger and let mm-hmm. the the performance do all the the work. And it was fucking great. Yeah, when yeah, when they're having that kind of disagreement or fight at Chili's or whatever, and yeah. she, you know she's meeting her nieces, <laughs> yeah. um, one of which is very sweet and one of which is very much like her, and she hates. Her. They hate each other because, of course, they would. Um, and but like you know, the, the rich version of her, yeah, like the rich, the, ver- yeah, yeah, from yeah. a place of privilege, but also yeah. you know that kind of attitude. Um, <clears throat> the I don't give a fuck, I'm rude and whatever attitude. Um, and she says, "What you would say to your brother as a twelve-year-old, um, depending on how you grow up, I suppose." Um, and he gets up and he's like. You know, yes, I'm your brother, but I'm their dad, yeah. and you can't speak to me like that. And I was like, he is a dad. <laughs> like in that moment, <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's a dad. But then he brings it round of like older, like grown up older brother yeah. vibe, which was just so lovely. And they have a wonderful hug, which I'm sh- they probably really haven't hugged before. Um, and. Yeah, it was really beautiful and obviously, yeah, that moment on the motorbike absolutely broke my heart. For not only the loss of a loving, safe family, but also the tragedy of her not being able to get treatment and not being able to get better as well. It was, yeah, twofold of just like, oh, Mac, no. Um, I just kept thinking also, like, we leave him behind and he's just gone out of the story. Mm. What... What's the fallout for him mm. of that experience? Emotionally, like, yeah. Mm. Emotionally, like, I guess other people saw her, so she's mm-hmm. real. His yeah. wife, his kids saw her, talked to her, met her. So it's not like she wasn't real. Mm. But, like, what, 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 how do you place what happened there and that she just fucking disappeared? Mm-hmm. It can't have been a mental break, but, like... It's supernatural and some something oh, that would mess with you forever. That would fuck you up. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I really need to get the comic in case, like, she's able to go back and at least have a conversation with him. Like, I that need these stories question. ended. In fact, yeah. I'll save that question because we cannot predict things for a future season, but we'll, I'll ask questions about where you would like these characters to go and what okay. you would like to have seen these characters mm-hmm. do in mm-hmm. future uh, seasons when we get to um, uh, Hope's Concerns. Uh, anything else you want to say about Mac? I I just can't get over how I the just, performance of that I, actress. I, I adored think she's her. I think she she's amazing. Like, yeah, like supremely yeah, watchable like, and extremely good at, at yeah. the role. When it, like the show was first starting, I was like, I know this character. Am mm. I going to hate you? And you're meant to like. Okay, we need to talk about the growth of Mac as a whole. She starts sure. off as a kid who's obviously very angry has a really um, ignorant point of view perspective of the world. Um, obviously, it comes from um, a place of d- 
deprivation in many ways, both emotional and material, and so you understand that. But also she's a jerk. Mm. Um, she's very rude to people and rude is being a polite way of saying it. She's a bigot as well. Um, mm. True. <clears throat> and the way she's so dismissive of Erin at the beginning, I really enjoyed watching her once she discovers that she doesn't necessarily have a future or a long-term future. She softens and becomes the um, the caring one of the group, the one who's emotionally checked in with the others in the group, particularly Erin, going in, checking in on her, having convers- like lovely conversations with her, just being like, you know, you're strong, you're cool. Sure, I'll steal pads and a tampon for you, which is one of my favorite scenes of the sh- of the show. That was that was really good. It was those, so and again, funny. Those, those scenes can be really like on the nose or a bit hokey yeah. too. But I thought that was really well played. And again, it comes down it to so well funny. written and really well performed and well directed. Felt very very honest. Um, sure. Obviously, if you haven't been educated, um, you know, with appropriate sex ed for someone with a vagina. Having your period is very confronting and there are a lot of products with very little information on them as to how to use them. Um, and so that conversation of tampons, um, I don't think my vagina has muscles. Um, how, like, what if you can't get it out? Oh, your body absorbs it. Um, no, it's like chewing gum. It'll be in your body for seven years. Things like that. Was just, it was just very well done. Um, the writing was good. The performances were amazing um so i really enjoyed that but back to the point of mac becomes really the heart of the group and the one Mm. who is openly caring for others and seeing when they're struggling because i guess she's no longer really thinking about herself in the same way and so is able to look at others um with a clearer viewpoint yeah, I just I loved it. I loved it. I, I think you've you've said it well though. The idea of like, what am I going to hate this character? Mm. Because those characters can so easily just be like pains in the ass who you don't want to be around. Contrarians and, takes, and like, yeah. oh, shut up. Yeah, it takes an extreme amount of skill, I think, to make that person still likable and someone you want to root for and care for to be able to <clears throat> be convincingly contrarian and yeah bratty and abusive and all those things that she can be. But also there's something there that makes you realize that she's vulnerable and a person underneath it Mm. all. There was one moment um, that on the page it looks good, but the performance really heightened it for me. And it's very early on. I think it's episode two. They're in the future. Um, It's after the fact that (laughs) Mac has shot Erin and they're just standing out the front. I think of the like um, IT store or whatever. And Max trying to apologize to her about shooting yes. her and just the way that she is doing it and her cadence is just like, look, I know that you know it's not my fault. Like, I already know that you know that. Like, it was just like, it was really good. It was, yeah, props to that actress. Amazing. Um, very quickly, just because you already brought up the tampon bit. It. I was interested. I was a little perplexed. And not say these... Obviously, these things can be in the story. Mm-hmm. But when all of a sudden, with all the stuff that's going on at Larry's farm, when Erin suddenly had her period... like mm-hmm. I, I understand that can just come out. It can happen when you least expect it. I was like, this is a choice to have this 
happen right now? Why is this happening now? Um, and then for it really resolved with just the next scene, it's like, I where, think, where is this going? Yeah, I think it's, oh, just in terms of the placement of it. Just like, yeah, just when it happened. Like, oh, okay. As in, and from a, from completely from a story structure point of view, it's like, mm. that's the thing. In reality, it could fucking happen at any moment. It doesn't yes. really matter when it is. Mm-hmm. But it is still a choice when you choose to put it in the screenplay. Mm. And so it's like, why is this happening? Why is this happening now? Mm. This is this is a weird time for this to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, where is this I, going? It's just kind of like, as a woman, as a person with a vagina, I'm like, sure. But like, it makes perfect sense that it happens at the most inconvenient, weird, <laughs> random time, and well, also makes perfect sense if you're doing a coming of age story about people with vaginas. You should sure. always have uh, a period moment because sure. that's what happens when you really don't want it to when you're like 12. When yeah. you're hiding in a cupboard from your future sister <laughs> who can't see you because it would destroy the space-time continuum. And that's Hell when your period is time. Okay, it makes yeah. sense now. Um, well, we, we mentioned KJ. No, we didn't mention KJ yet, but we'll, oh, we sort of did. We'll, we'll come, let's talk about KJ. Okay, let's do um, it. I only like KJ as a character. I mm-hmm. felt early on they were struggling a little bit to figure out what to do with her. They sort of have this, like, like she has a violent streak. She kills the guy with the hockey stick. And the appropriately everybody freaking out about it and her trying to, like, digest this thing that she's done was good. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of mm-hmm. got dropped. And I was surprised that it sort of went away. It came back later when she punched Mac in the nose mm. um, when she was walking away from I'm her. I'm glad it house. went away. Like, I don't want her wallowing about that for too long because there's so much happening. You don't really sure. have time to wallow about that one guy that you killed when you're being thrust into the future. You but know what I mean? To, he didn't. He just didn't need to die. Like, he didn't need to be dead it, the choice for her to kill this guy is mm. a character one. And so it was a yeah. little bit weird for me that it got sort of, it felt like a big deal really early on and then it just stopped being a big deal for a while. And again, this is the mm. problem with it only getting season one. It's like, yeah, we don't get totally. to see where they were going with this. Does KJ become a fucking cold-blooded murderer who's like <laughs> the killing machine? She's the yeah. Terminator of this Terminator story? Yeah. Maybe. I think it's like speaking to, and I'm sure would eventually explore when you're like so repressed because of obviously hers is like a familial pressure to mm-hmm. repress the true self that when you do that every now and then bam whoopsie daisy every single emotion i've ever felt is being um expelled in a really inappropriate way um which is an interesting thing to explore and one would hope that they would explore that deeper in the future um but yeah when, if she's being confronted either physically or emotionally she can lash out physically we see that obviously when she's dealing with the situation of um seeing her future self mm-hmm. and max getting on her nerves and bam clocks her right in the nose it was a good punch it was a very good punch but um one of my notes for kj was just that well that's one way to figure out that you're gay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah what would that do to you mentally that would be so confronting how how oh did you goodness. feel about about that about that like sort of preview snapshot into yourself to find out oh wait As, I mean it, the thing is too it's like I'm trying to imagine you in your shoes if this mm. happened to you a young version of yourself mm-hmm. seeing yourself now whatever but I, I, it's a whole different thing I when would you go be back to eighty well imagine you're from eighty eight do you know what I mean yeah. like very different time yeah I would have been horrified I think like obviously I came from a you know conservative Christian mm. household. Um, 
you know, it's like love everyone, but you know that you don't want to be gay. You know that much. It's not like, you know, I mean, the F word for gay people was used, but like general, that was by my brother and my dad. Um, but, and by Rooster Teeth employees. Go on. Yeah. But, but generally it was like love everyone. Like we don't judge people, blah, blah, blah. but you know that it's not what you should be. Yeah. Um, you know that it's not natural and it's not right. So if I then traveled to the future when I was 12 and saw me making out with a girl, the tailspin, the absolute tailspin. I can't even, I don't even, I can't even is what I'm saying to you. I don't know what that would do to me mentally. Would it be better? I'm not sure because you don't have the, one, you don't have the adult brain. You don't have the social context of things evolving so quickly around um, how we view gay people now just in our lifetime. You don't have any of that context. But I think the good thing is I suppose because she saw, one, the kiss and that mm-hmm. she'd already met the girlfriend and was like, oh, this person's really cool and lovely, then seeing her future self kiss this girl And she seemed very happy. They seemed lovely together. Mm -hmm. And then meeting or seeking out that girl again to have a conversation was very sweet. That conversation was so sweet. It really brought tears to my eyes. Did you you like the like, and it was both in the show and actually explicitly within that conversation Mm -hmm. of like using, discovering the power of movies. I'm pretty mm. sure there were two Wizard of Oz references in that episode too. Like they were really going for a whole opening up into a new world you never knew existed sort of thing going yeah. on. Did you enjoy Filming that parallel? Mm. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fine. I don't think it was like the crux of, of, of anything <laughs> or, or particularly elegant. Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fine. Um, yeah, I mean, just the, the parallel of as you get older and you're ex- to more things and you discover your own passions and your own personality naturally those often veer away from what you know the things that your parents loved or the community you come from um admire or respect or whatever um and you figure out who you are um and so she was like oh well maybe i'm interested in film that's curious i'd never thought that i would have been someone that was interested in film huh cool Okay, that's that's interesting. And then obviously that also parallels with, huh, I never thought I'd be someone who would be making out with girls. Sure. Um mm. Yeah, so it, it's, I don't know, I, it was quite lovely. It's also fitting for my own life as well. Like the more that I, the more that I watched because I was so controlled as a child. So, you know, I wasn't allowed, to, I wasn't even allowed to watch Charmed for goodness sake because I had witchcraft in it. Like, I wasn't, <laughs> and then like TV, you know, the more I watched, the more I was exposed to the different perspectives, the world I learned about, um, just feeling confident in what I found that I was passionate about um, and having my own opinions about things, about art. That makes you more confident in being like, huh, I'm having independent thought. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. And it leaks into every part of your life and you become a much happier person. So I love that storyline. But it did make me go, I hope my future self doesn't like bamf into <laughs> my lounge room and see me making out with Angela. 
because I feel like I'd have to pay for her therapy as well and I can barely <laughs> afford my own. I was just thinking if my 12-year-old, 12-year-old self bamped him to my life, they'd just be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he still watches TV and he still plays video games. Nothing's changed. Don't know what this podcasting business is, but this mm. seems about right. <laughs> Nothing surprising <laughs> here. Mm. Um, just because we're talking about these future versions again, we're about to move on to Tiff here. I got to say, the casting of the future versions was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to spend a lot of time with the older KJ, but no. like, oh, yeah. This is the older KJ. You can yeah, totally very clear. see it. Totally see it. Even though they've got a different sort of dress des- dress sense and style, mm-hmm. there's, there was no doubt in my mind that that was true. That was mm-hmm. the same for Erin and I, for me, the same with Tiff. Um, yeah. I thought it was all incredible casting, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Shall we move on to Tiff? Is there anything else you want to say about KJ? Oh, mm. did you do? You, are, oh. are you shipping KJ and Mac? Of like- course I am! <laughs> um, even in that first episode, well, we yeah. got like the rough and tumble, devilish tomboy with an attitude, and then you have your the real, the prissy, real Damask from when she was twelve. Ago. Prissy, straight laced hockey player is a huge hint, but, <laughs> and they're like got a combative relationship. I'm like, oh yes, this is going to happen, and I love it. Um, and what we got between them was. Cute and complicated, and I loved every second of it. And I'm sad I won't get more. Um, yeah, it was good. I, I shipped it too. I was looking forward to more of that. Uh, finally, we have Tiff, mm-hmm. who was the last one to meet their future self. And I got to say, um, I was expecting the lady that was following them to actually be the future version of Tiff. When they started mm. talking about the whatever the, her last name was, Institute, I'm like, oh, that's set up yep. to be the thing that like started... The mm-hmm. war, and she was like, and she was interested in like time travel and stuff. I was expecting that to all happen. Didn't, wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, quite similar to Erin's, as you said, this sort of disappointed mm. version of herself where she hasn't achieved um, what she thought she did. And in fact, if anything, was on the right path and then suddenly diverged off it. Yeah. Um, I think that was a really interesting part of it was obviously with Erin, she never got where she wanted to go because. She had other priorities, mm-hmm. um, whereas Tiff achieved a lot of what she wanted. She was valedictorian. She got into MIT, which was her ultimate goal, um, and was really on that right path. And then to see her adult self make a different decision that diverged from that um, and just like wanting to understand but not understanding. And what I really enjoyed was um, – her kind of so strong but clearly parroting. Um, she sounded like a mum when she was lecturing yeah, her yeah. older self. And I she was kept like, saying, that's Oh, Susan there she is. Yeah, yeah. Is. yeah. Uh, which is ex- very much like I was a little asshole when I was that age as well. Just like, you know, that's all you know is your parents' opinions. You just call you your just- mum an asshole. <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't mean that. But you just like parrot. I was an asshole because it, that opinion doesn't come from self. It beca- I say. You're just parroting an opinion in such a strong black and white way that lacks yeah. all nuance yeah. um, or all empathy towards like, yeah, how different people live or what they think or whatever it might be. It's like, well, this is what the right thing to do. So the fact that you're not doing it must be something wrong with you. What's wrong with you um, was very accurate, I think, for 
the age that Tiff was, mm-hmm. the younger self, um, and obviously being confronted by not knowing why future Tiff is doing what she's doing. I I'm mean, trying to remember. She seems like she, she's having a great time. Totally, yeah. She, I, I, I was very on board with Tiff's idea of like you know, to you got to make sure you're still living your life alongside achieving everything you're achieving. And she's yeah. essentially taken a break, has goals in mind, but is taking it a bit easy for a while to, you know, be with boys and play it dumb a little bit and mm. all that sort of stuff. I and, no problem you know, with that. Play like DJ for a little bit, go out at night. Play Nintendo like- 64. Yeah, just enjoy yourself. I couldn't get over they were playing 64 and not marveling at the fact they had 3D graphics on video games now. Those girls were I know. <laughs> to- totally wasted on them. Though, to um, be fair, when they went to the, the our f- future. 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, they go to the IT store and the screen has like the car racing that's true, on it. Yeah, and yeah. KJ, it says press start and she like presses yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I was like, true. as they walked in, I was like, yeah, that's kind of like... It was a bit like Back to the Future too, in terms of like it is the future. Even we when they were walking down the street, the there was like a billboard that was moving, and I was yeah. thinking like, yeah, that would blow my mind yeah. from when I was like twelve years old. And that's and, like just... and the phone and stuff. You're like, Phew. yeah, yeah the we phone, are. the computer really stuff are. was good. I I, I I appreciate they they got it pretty quickly. That stuff is usable for a reason. It's designed to be able to be yeah. understood and used. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like you can fucking just look up anything you want on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, with the tip stuff, yeah. I'm trying to remember why she she got expelled from MIT. Did it, yeah. they explicitly say what for? She just sort of like <clears throat> wasn't keeping up with the work by the sounds of it. She was yeah. disappointed by what MIT was, but that seemed like a smokescreen to try it and like hand wave. So her mum um, revealed the revelation that she was adopted. And obviously oh, she, that's she right. Was, she got distracted yeah, by she that. She was yes, struggling yes, yes. with that and obviously yes, not you. keeping up to date. Probably, that's right. you know, maybe drinking a bit too much, yes, taking yes, drugs. Yes. Who knows? You know, what you do when you like your whole foundation of what you thought was real isn't real anymore. You start to indulge a little bit and she lost side of her dream or her dream changed. Yeah. Well, how did you feel about that? That whole idea of like, she just comes out and says it in the coffee shop. It's like, you're adopted sort of being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed until it came out. And that idea that she's like, this is my gift to you. It's like, find this stuff out now so you can start moving on. Find out what who your mum really is um, that you've been lied to and sort of start moving on with your life. If we were dealing with Tiff, maybe she, if she'd met Tiff in her 30s or 40s, that would not have happened. That's very much a 20-year-old Um <laughs> So these are my issues. I've dealt with them. Uh, I'm going to show you how to deal with them. It's so simplistic and so damaging <laughs> to do that to a child. You're like, you're adopted. Now I'm going to play you Whitney Houston. Um, it's just obviously a terrible thing to do, um, even to yourself. Um, you could, But they justified it in the story in terms of why she would have done that. They clearly are very... The way they communicate, they're kind of like sisters almost. And mm. Mac has the great line of like, well, Tiffany's always been in love with herself when they're chatting in the kitchen, which is cute. I did um, like that the juxtaposition to like the errands mm, just mm-hmm. could not see eye to eye. They had nothing in common yeah. virtually. And yeah. Mac did say, just you wait. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're happy now. Just you wait. Um, and, and she was right. You know, There's a lot of issues that still have to be dealt with there but they had yeah a much more familiar relationship um and so i think adult tiffany 
thought she could tell young Tiffany and then guide her through it um, because she's already felt those emotions. But you can't, if you've already dealt with it on the inside, you can't then help someone else deal with it from the outside in the same way. That's just not how it works. Um, But it makes sense to me that someone in their 20s would think that they could. There was a period of time there where I thought the the woman chasing them might have been a future version of Tiff. And maybe we were seeing three Tiffs, right? Mm. Young Tiff, teenage or 20s Tiff, and another version of Tiff in the future. And I was kind of reading into 20s Tiff, 1999 Tiff, Mm. as like, is she a bit of a sociopath? Like, is she the way she was like controlling the Dylan guy because she knew how to play play him based on what he would respond to. The mm. I thought she was kind of doing that with herself, with like young Tiff. She was like keeping something from her and using this as like a way to advance her theories of like quantum physics or whatever it might be. And it was this point where it's like, are we watching a villain origin story here? <laughs> no, I really did for yeah. a while. Yeah, um, that's, that's fair. It didn't, it didn't come to pass, but um, that mm. there was that lens I was watching it through. And it was kind of interesting to watch it that way. Um, yeah, go on. Oh, I was like, I remember originally when um, they first meet a older Tiffany um, and she's so very quickly, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I've traveled back from yes. the, uh, from the past. That also made me uh, super and I was suspicious. Like, I was like, is she a villain? And even the music yeah. when she's first walking out of the warehouse and yes. kind of like greeting them all, the music that's playing is very yes. like, something's not right here. They made me go, oh, no, she's evil. Yes, she's so that not. was my thinking yeah. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think yeah. like that we were led there for a short while. Okay. Um, But then I just realized like, she's – just a hyper intelligent person who probably isn't getting the like she isn't being stimulated in the way that perhaps she should be and so she just kind of yeah controls this guy that's just something fun to do work her brain a little bit that way um she's just yeah hyper 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 intellectual person um which you know is, is a massive advantage if you're a sociopath the um because it was also well it is and she was like yeah. she says like yeah i don't I, he's not my boyfriend he's just a bit of fun it's just like and it's like she's deliberately leading this guy on and they, that's not to say that all your relationships in your 20s have to be well i think serious. he's leading her on as well like he's an absolute dropkick using her for like rides and stuff i think it's mutually True. beneficial <laughs> it, it came around but there was just there were all these little things like all those things i was like I think this is a bad. I think she's a bad person. <laughs> um, I think she's just a little lost. The overall, mm. uh, the as a group of four, and they sort of they're oftentimes the four of them together. They're often sort of mixing mm. up and repairing mm. them in different ways. Though I feel like Tiff didn't get to form a strong relationship with the other three as the other three sort of did with each other. Mm-hmm. Did you? I mean, I think I think I know the answer, but you enjoyed this female friendship story, this group of young girls and their... Yeah, I definitely did. I just want to speak to the fact that Tiff isn't really bonding with um, the other three as much. Another reason I thought the future surgeon was a villain, but go on. And yet she bonds with the adults. She bonds with Larry. She bonds with older Tiff. I think that's just kind of... She's one of those kids who's always friends with the teacher and doesn't necessarily have friends. Like, that's just her vibe. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved the aspects of the, the female friendship, the things that they were learning from one another. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
I'm just I'm getting more and more heartbroken the more we talk about it. Um, that this is it. Well, I think this sums up the show though, as we've spent the best part of thirty to forty minutes talking about the girls and their mm-hmm. interpersonal storylines mm-hmm. and and intra. Uh, we've talked for no time about the mechanics of the show, about dinosaurs, the other spoiler thing that was in Shari's mm-hmm. email that I didn't want to mention. Like, those things ultimately just weren't the important thing. No. I want to see them traveling through time, being friends, having a bit of drama, being friends, having a bit of drama, becoming cool, awesome women. Which I guess is the bit, though, that, like, frustrates me. And again, it's probably part of the comic, and the comic can do this easier, but... There is a lot of time that's spent on giant robots and robots fighting each other mm-hmm. and like stuff like that mm-hmm. that isn't isn't what makes this show good and you kind of wish they just found a way to I kept thinking I did think when I was watching the giant robot fight going this is crap I wish there were spaceships or something instead I wish it was just simpler and didn't have to be so dorky I wish mm-hmm. there was a way this could have been Mm. I know, made smaller. I know spaceships versus giant robots doesn't seem that much different, but like something simpler <laughs> so that it didn't have to take up so much time or be so stick out so much because yeah. the core was so strong. Yeah. And even when we get to uh, the personal and the emotional in terms of, you know, the time travel stuff and like the rebels or whatever, like that moment when um, – 1999 Larry comes to the apartment and he's like I've got to you've got to come see someone and he and Aaron's like fine I'll go hang out with you and she's like I saw you die by the way and he's just like what what are you talking like he's a part of like the rebel force and that larger storyline but him having like a personal emotional reaction to that was really effective like yeah more of that stuff more of like yes you can have like rebels fighting this big bad just keep it in the in the personal. Keep it in the real, because um, that's where the show shines. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes, Damask? I don't have any side thoughts. Side Neither thoughts? I. Side notes, side. I meant. <laughs> I don't have any side thoughts. Go on. <laughs> Only mainstream thoughts. <laughs> uh, my, my side note was... Mac has got some serious John Connor vibes going, but we already got there. Mm-hmm. Highlights and lowlights. What was the low light of Paper Girls Season 1 for you, Damask? Yeah, I think it's got to be um, the finale episode. Mm. I think the moments of um, the dinosaur, the Jason Manzukasness of it all, the them running away into the basement and being like, we're safe for now. I'm like, how do these future beings have no tech? Technology that can scan for life forms. We have that now with yes. like infrared scanning. Like, it, what's going on here? They what's were happening? able to like hide behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like weird. I was like, just it seemed convoluted and a bit stupid, and I just didn't need it. Also, if you have like beams that can suck up people, are we using dinosaurs just to eat things? Is that what we're doing? Like, just things like that. Um, so yeah, I think that final episode, those moments on the farm, 
bothered me. I was somewhat interested when we were in like the biggest spaceship or whatever. Um, I like the fact they've been sent in two different timelines. Sure. It's cool. I really want to explore that. So that bit worked for me. It was mostly just the farm stuff. I'm like, mm, no, I don't like this. Um, similarly. Except for, sorry. Sorry, go on. Yes. The hand touching and KJ freaking out. I was like, I love this. Sorry. Yep, go on. The uh, Similarly. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Who were the pairings to uh, at, at the end when they were going off? It's KJ and Mac. Oh, it's KJ and Mac. And Tiff and Aaron. So I'm just like so annoyed. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to log on to fanfiction.net tonight. <laughs> this, tell you what. The fanfiction was already written. It's it's in you can buy it. It's in comic book form. But I've got to get it delivered. I need uh, I need it now. Surely you can get that online somewhere. You can get a digital version. Surely. That's a good surely. point. Oh, yeah, okay. A vertigo. Must no, I would don't I, I won't say that. It could be Dark Horse, who knows? Um if I looked it up, I'd find out. I'm going to, similarly, my low light was robots fighting robots. And by that, I mean episode five, a new period, which mm-hmm. gets there towards the end, particularly with the KJ stuff. And also, I'll tell you what, actually, can I tell you a little, like a little moment that's mm-hmm. got me in a, in a weird way? Maybe it's because okay. I have a dog now. When KJ, like, she'd been talking about this puppy oh, that we never saw, right? But she'd been talking yeah. about the puppy. And then this old fucking dog walks and was like, <laughs> Oh my god, that's the puppy, and yeah. it recognizes her. Yeah, that I was, was like, emotional. That was like, that's so sweet. Little, just a little moment. It's but it so was sweet, like- but so. I mean, I'm glad that the dog had KJ, but I'm sad that KJ didn't have the dog. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the dog had grown up with a KJ, but she had missed its life, and that made me really sad. Oh, there's another moment actually. That's a low light, and I. It's in the same that final episode, um, when yeah, the rebels are on like the farm or whatever. And the grandma's like, there's a cat in the kitchen or whatever. They figure out it's some kind of like surveillance thing. Yes. And yes. the girls ask, what do we do now? She, This woman lifts up the bin, yes. points a gun and says like, run, run away. At the camera. And, sho- and shoots it. I'm like, don't tell them you're running. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyway, like that, that really got me. It made me laugh. I agree. Uh, yeah, very similarly, that whole bit with the robots, then mm-hmm. when the robot, even though the Aaron death was kind of tragic, them just sort of sitting there behind the little barrier and the yeah, thing watching it happen was really clunky and gross. Then when the soldiers show up and Tiff's going to run it's out there bad. to get the bag, it's like, why is this happening? Why is that this happening? It's just like bad world building. If I'm asking why they're so technologically advanced. Yes. But that, like, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. Like, that's just yeah. well, bad well-bidding. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, highlight. It's got, a, obviously, overall Max storyline. Mm-hmm. Every scene with the brother. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, no, every every scene with, with the brother. I think the scene when they're out, like, yeah, doing the firework thing and he's sitting on the couch or whatever. Yes. Um, And he's, you know... Just apologizing for explaining to her that they grew up really rough, um, shouldn't have experienced what they experienced, but also that he contributed to that um, was very beautiful to me, and I I loved it. I agree, Mac in general, but mm-hmm. the Mac and Dylan stuff particularly was was I was enjoying the show fine, I guess, mm-hmm. but I wasn't loving it, and then. When I was talking about how this show exists between Inferior and Masterful somehow, that is the bit that's, like, masterfully done. Mm-hmm. It's so, so strong. It almost 
seems weird it's in here with the fucking spider robot like how are those two <laughs> things in the same show mm. and that oh, and, the, and mm. the 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 topper with on the back of the motorbike with KJ was just oh, like yeah. i couldn't believe how how great that mm. was anyway and i just like in terms of the writing like the scene where dylan is explaining to her that like you know you can't use those words anymore or whatever mm. like um that could be like so kind of Obviously, I agree with the sentiment, but they can come from so preachy, but yep. they balance it really well with like, oh, you can't really use those words anymore. And she's like, well, what can I use? And he gives her some like beautiful examples <laughs> or options. And then, she, yeah, and they use them and it's just wonderful. And I was like, yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah. Swearing and saying terrible things is fun. Just don't do it in a, like a bigoted way. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Totally. Predictions, hopes, and concerns for a show that we never got, for a comic book series that we may read. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you, where do you see this going? Where would you have liked to have seen this gone? Specific characters, overall story stuff. Mm. Um, well, obviously, Mac and KJ are off together. They'll get to mm-hmm. know each other more. Crushes will begin, and I would love to have seen that. Um, I was. Very concerned when I saw that Tiff and Erin, the women of colour, were taken back to, what was it, the 50s? 1950s looked like, yeah. It was like they were, they were transported in Greece, yeah. I was very concerned about that situation. Mm. Um, I don't know how, I guess they, how would they come back together? I don't know. Eventually they would come back together, but I have so little we, we under- didn't. We didn't know where, did Mac and KJ end up in a time machine? Yeah. I think they did they, too. They, left they went first, first yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where they went. So my guess is they probably would have ended up in the future. Probably I think they went to go find um like Tiff or whatever when she um because she invented like Right. So that's how they whatever. that's how they would have figured I it think, out. If, I mm, think you're right. Yeah, they would have bounced back and got They would have through that somehow mm, ended up yeah. getting back to the other two. Yeah. Being reunited and then big battle or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I know so little about the, how the bad guys function that I don't know how one would fight them. So I don't know. But all I know is that KJ Mack fall in love, hold hands a whole bunch. It's super cute. We love it. We lose our minds. Um, I watch fan videos all the time about it and cry. Um, (laughs) I get obsessed with the show and then it ends, and I'm very sad, but I'm so happy for being able to watch the whole story on TV. That would have been my prediction. Yeah, I, I have a lot of predictions. I I could make guesses at what they're going to do with the time travel stuff, but it's interests me like with the the overall the the old or the old watch and all sort of stuff yeah. stuff. But it actually interests me so little. I don't really care where that was mm-hmm. going based on how mm-hmm. this show went. Um, my question for you is: I'm very much similar shipping KJ and Mac. However. There's like two happy endings for Mac, and I don't think she can have both. It's like, do you want her to end up with KJ, but mm-hmm. probably end up dying by the age of 16? Or does she go back and live with Dylan and get her brain cancer solved? Well, Jason Manzuka says, Cancer, I remember when that existed. Sure. So they can Dead go to the, the future, future and have it removed. So they can do that. 
Do I think the show would do that? No, they would. They'd have to break your heart somehow. Yeah. So KJ and Mac would have to do like the sacrifice and say goodbye forever. I'm getting Mac, emotional. Just Mac, Mac would end up sacrificing herself because unless KJ did. No, KJ would be like, um, she would take her back to the past and leave her there and be like, "This is the life that you deserve." And she would leave her, and it'd be so sad. Oh my gosh, I can't even think about it. See, I wonder. I wonder whether Mac would die would end up like, yes, the brain cancer's removed or whatever, but or has the option to, but ends up not doing it and sacrificing herself. Because ultimately she wants to like that happened and we see it's a weird thing to think about, but the influence that her death had on Dylan and on her stepmom. I, I tell you what, that's that's a storyline I want to see more of. <gasps> We're gonna get to see right? the stepmom in the mm-hmm. past, that, like in the fifties or something like that. There's definitely gonna be more of that. Yeah, there's that was definitely gonna be more of that. There is a something there that mm-hmm. Yeah, that was going to get explored that we didn't get a chance to, and it's a real shame because that was set up really well. Um, yeah. A nice little mm-hmm. dangling thread. Damn, we are going to have to read these comic books. Yeah, we Fuck. are. Okay. Book club. Book club. Let's do it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what you do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song from Lucas Harlow Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis. That's B G O R D E S, Damask. Can't find me anywhere, losers. Uh, can contact us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com, which I highly encourage people to do. Uh, Shari did so. And in fact, Paper Girls was something that I was aware of. I knew Damask had watched it or found out later that she watched it. I I wasn't going to go out of my way to do it, but because of Shari's email, um, eight episodes length as well wasn't too bad. Yeah. And I had an interest in Bright Came Forward. We end up doing it. So thank you, Shari, for suggesting that we watch it. Sorry to everybody else who suggested shows that we haven't done yet. <laughs> Sorry we haven't watched any more of uh, Black Sails. Anyway, uh, next episode, we'll be back to discuss The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Power. Season 1. Cannot wait to talk about that. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. 